0: So, it's October, and welcome to this season of change, autumn. Change is everywhere, right? Are there any people out here who speak in front of people like this right now? Yeah? Okay, admit it, come on. (laughs) Do you ever have those times when you think that when I get up there, I'm just going to totally, like, blow it? Oh, am I the only one? (laughs) You know, and that's not speaking from ego. (laughs) I've been very blessed to be here. I've been here a month. And that's... That dawned on me on the 1st of October. Wow, I've been at Center for Spiritual Living in Colorado Springs for a month. And I'm just so absolutely grateful for that. One thing I'm grateful for, and most of all, is that the people around me, that give me cues, okay? I still get cues. Okay, Reverend Miller, you're up. <laughs> it's your turn. You know, you get to speak now or, you know, just whatever. So it's, it's just kind of interesting sometimes to, to be up here. And if you see me up here and I'm not singing along with the words, it's because I want to make sure that the mic is not on. <laughs> and I don't run you guys out of here. I, I, I don't question your abilities. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, please don't squeak through that mic. So, change. Change is everywhere. Oh, and another thing I learned to turn on the remote. (laughs) If you weren't here for the last talk, I thought I had problems with my slides. This has to be in the on position (laughs) in order for it to work, okay? Just letting you know. So, change. The season of change, change is inevitable. Everywhere you look, there's change. We all change, moment by moment. You know, sometimes we get in that little space where we are, our little box, our little area of comfort, and we feel like, okay, this is going to be just like this. I'm not going to change anything. It's all going to be fantastic. It's just I'm just comfortable right here. Well, here's an idea for you. If you got here at 9.30, by the time you leave here, you will be an hour and a half older. You're welcome. (laughs) Just letting you know, there is change, whether you want it to be or not. And change is difficult for all of us. You know, our lives can change suddenly. It can change over time. Everything changes. Our, our, you know, schools change. Our bodies change. Jobs change. You know, you might look up one day and you walk into work in a job that you really loved, you know, and you thought that you would finish out your time there until retirement. And the next thing you know, you're the victim of downsizing. Has that ever happened to any of you? Oh, yeah. I'm a nurse and it happened to me. How does that work? you know, with nursing being so short. That's a bunch of hooey when it comes down to corporate downsizing. And it can be very uncomfortable because like anyone, I had certain ideas of what life would look like. I would finish there at this job. I would continue there while I went through ministerial school and then move on into the ministry. That didn't happen. I started ministerial school Unemployed. So it's okay. It worked. It worked out very well. And it didn't seem like it at the time, but it was actually a blessing in disguise. So we must, you know, with change, the title of this talk, let me tell you, talking about change won't kill you. I love these titles. You know, Reverend Norman's very creative. Talking about change won't kill you. It can heal you, but it will not kill you. It can be daunting, uncomfortable, but it it really won't kill you. As a matter of fact, most of the time, change is a blessing in disguise. Um, Courtney Peppernil says, you can't skip chapters, that's not how life works. You have to read every line, meet every character. You won't enjoy all of it. Hell, some chapters will make you cry for weeks. You will read things you don't want to read. You will have moments when you don't want the pages to end. But you have to keep going. Stories keep the world evolving. Live yours, don't miss out. When you try to resist change, this is exactly what happens. You end up missing out on very important aspects of your life. So some questions, or one question, is why do we resist change? Because we don't like it. Think of whatever reason you can. Just think of why you resist change. And if you don't think you resist change, just think about the last thing you decided that you were going to do and then you changed your mind about it. Now, nah, wait. I can wait for that. Stepping into the uncertain, that's a part of change. And are you willing, are you willing to change? We must embrace the goal of continuous growth, or else we die. If, we plant, if a plant ceases to grow, it withers and dies. Change brings newness and possibilities and opportunities. So, today, talking about change. There are many reasons for being afraid of change. We resist change because of fear of the unknown. We don't know the outcome. The what ifs come to mind when we think about stepping outside. But what if I do this and that doesn't work? For me, it was what if I leave a position that is sure, as in being an RN, I can always work somewhere, even if I'm downsized in one place. I always have somewhere to work, right? But no, I wanted to be a minister because I was called to the ministry. And then you get the naysayers. You're gonna leave your nursing job and go be a minister? You know they don't get paid, they're broke, this, that, all of those things. But it's not something that you can put a price tag on. You can't put a price tag on a calling from God. And if you get that calling and you ignore it, there are other prices to pay. So you just step into the change and be with it. So most of the time we will take the path of least resistance when it comes to change. We will do just enough to get by. Let's just do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, it's like um, saying you want to lose weight. You want to lose 10 pounds or you want to start, you know, you want to go to the gym, and you'll start working out and really working on getting yourself in shape, getting your body in shape. And what do we do? We don't do it. That's what we don't. That's what we do. We don't. (laughs) So instead of the path of least resistance, let's just step into the meat of things. Let's step into the path of most resistance. It's like, seriously, step into a path of most resistance? Are you kidding me? This is by um, Ryan Mitchler. Ryan Mitchler is a vet. He's, um, he, was in the, he was in Afghanistan, and when he came back, he decided to try to help vets um, further themselves because it's just easy to fall into that rut into that place of, oh, woe is me. So he said, you know, take the path of most resistance. What does that look like? Build your resilience. is the first step of taking the path of most resistance. When you choose to do the harder thing, you build up your resilience. This can be physically, mentally, or emotionally. Have the difficult conversation, go to the gym first thing in the morning, train harder, push harder. Sometimes it doesn't seem like that would actually be building your resistance. There are times when we should have that talk with our boss, with our partners, with our loved ones, that difficult talk to bring forth things that are uncomfortable to talk about, you know? Does anyone else do this? You do it. Don't sit there like you don't do it. (laughs) You do it. No, not me. I talk about the stuff. You know, but there are times when we need to just step into that place head on and have that difficult conversation. Ask for that raise. The most that can happen is yes or no. Have the conversation with your spouse in a loving way, not an attack, in a loving way. This helps build your resistance, foster your creativity. By fostering your creativity, when you build your resistance, you foster your creativity. How do you do so? You step right into that place of knowing when something needs to be done and then doing it and just being, you know, just being present in the moment. One statement for this, for fostering your creativity, is this statement. I will find a way or make one. Cultivate your confidence. By building your resistance, fostering your creativity, you cultivate your confidence. And finding a way, or making one, I want to introduce you to Henry Dunant. Some of you may know him, some not. He is the very first Nobel Prize winner. He won the Nobel Prize in 1901. And the reason he won it was because he was passing through Solorferino, Italy. during the Second Italian War of Independence, Dunant was appalled at the suffering that he saw. And what he saw was how the wounded soldiers were suffering. He suggested that the nations of the world should form their own relief societies to care for the wounded and train volunteers on the best ways to treat them. He also wanted the governments of the world to guarantee that wounded soldiers would be treated and that those treating them would be guaranteed safe passage. So he traveled all of Europe promoting his plan, and on August 22, 1864, 12 nations signed the first Geneva Convention, agreeing to guarantee neutrality to sanitary personnel to expedite supplies for their use, and to adopt a special identifying emblem, in virtually all instances, a Red Cross on a field of white. He helped bring about the first Geneva Convention, which saved the lives of thousands of soldiers around the world, and he founded the Red Cross. This is finding a way or making one. And this changed the face of the world, really, for all times, and it still does. And if you've ever had, if you've ever been privy to being served by the Red Cross, I think that is a pretty awesome organization. Um, you know, if you have a if you have a loved one in the military, no matter where they are in war, if there's an emergency at home, you call the Red Cross they can get them out. They got my brother out of Vietnam. You know, so I think that it's a very awesome thing. So fear. We come back to our resistance of change. Fear is the great enemy of man. It is impossible for a person to be his best if he is filled with anxiety. And that's from Ernest Holmes. You know, so this fear, this fear is so familiar to us. You know, it's so familiar that we just embrace it, we cover ourselves with it like it's a warm blanket, right? Our favorite blanket. We cuddle up, we watch movies together, you know, we have popcorn, take it out for wine, you know, just this fear. Fear is very comfortable. Stepping out of that fear, Stepping into change brings up fear. It brings up ideas that, you know, well, I really can't do this because. And you can talk yourself out of anything. I have friends that would talk themselves out of anything until they just can't talk about it anymore. And it's like, seriously, whose fault is this now that you're not doing what you want to do? Just talk yourself straight out of it. My very best friend in the planet, on the planet used to do this. She has moved on to her greater yet-to-be, but I would listen to her, gonna do this and gonna do that, but what if this happened? And what if that happened? What if it works? What if, you know, what you step out there to do into this unknown, what if it works? We have all done it, whether we want to admit it or not, we've stepped into the unknown and everything came out perfect. So change can mean an unknown journey. I really like this slide because there are steps that seem to go on for infinity on here. You don't know where you're going, but you step out there anyway. You step out there and you step out to make it happen. So stepping into the uncertain. This is where change, this is what change is. is stepping into the uncertain. Stepping into the uncertain can be exciting. It can be daunting. Um, Just absolutely terrifying. Stepping into the uncertain, like going to a foreign country. Going to some place that maybe has a little bit of unrest, but you really want to go. So what do you do? Do you let your fear rule you? Or do you step into it and just go, knowing, first of all, God's got you. Spirit's got you covered. Spirit's got your back. And if you go with that, you know what? Oh, I can go to wherever. God's got this. He's got my back. I'm covered, right? In the, um, when I was in the fundamental church, we used to say, you know, that God has absolutely got us covered under the shield of protection. That even refers, that's something that metaphysicians can use to all of us, can know that we are covered by God, that we are protected if we have that faith to know that we are truly covered. So, what does it take to, what does it mean to step into? the uncertain. Here, you come to a fork in the road. You go forward with change. Or you stay behind and just nurture your old ways and just be within your comfortable little warm blanket with your glass of wine and popcorn and watch movies. <laughs> you also... <laughs> <laughs> oh, last week, I'm going to tell you a true story, speaking of stepping into the uncertainty. Last week, a young couple came to church here, came to the center, because they were guided by a, a, what is it, apartment finders or something like that. And they were looking for a place to live. They had recently reconciled after four years of being separated. And they decided to make a new change. And they came to Colorado. And Colorado is beautiful. And it's kind of an expensive place to make a new change and stepping out on the unknown, you know, with everything that it takes to step into a new place. They were here from Phoenix. And they came here, and we kind of, Patty helped steer them in the right direction to find the... um, apartments, finders, office, or whatever that they were looking for. But here's the thing that I admired the most about them. It takes a lot of courage to step into that place. They didn't live here, they didn't have friends here, but they wanted that change so they could stay in their old ways. They could have stayed in Phoenix. I'm sure, you know, they had family there, They, they were comfortable there, they, you know, had a life. But they decided to step out and to make that change. And hopefully, we didn't hear back from them anymore, but they, hopefully they made it and they found a place to live. They had a child. And I just pray for them that they did make that. And that's one thing they asked for. They asked for prayer. They were very pleased, I think, with the prayer. There's no prayer like a spiritual mind treatment. Do you think? You know, and um, and I think that they, you know, I, I think that I had to admire them just for moving on, just for getting out and stepping out into the uncertain. Have you heard this enough? Okay, you get to hear it one more time. Change your thinking, change your life. This is easier said than done because it takes an embodiment. All the time that I've been in this teachings, when I first came to this church, not this church, but to these teachings in 2008, it was change your thinking, change your life. You know, it was interesting because I was thinking, well, if I change, maybe if I change my thinking soon enough, maybe my marriage would have stayed intact, maybe my job would have stayed intact, Okay, well, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to change my thinking. And things were not going the way I wanted them to. I can tell you that right now. I was beginning to wonder what I missed out on. What, What am I missing here? Change your thinking. Okay, God, I think you can do this for me. I think that I am whole, perfect and complete. I think that I am unlimited possibilities. I think, as Emma Curtis Hopkins said, there is good for me and I ought to have it. I think all of these things, but it seemed like nothing was actually changing. I know that has only been me that has had that experience. (laughs) You know, it's like, Dr. Holmes, I'm changing my thinking. Maybe it's something I'm not doing. Fast forward a little bit. I really began to embody that thinking. I became, and I am still becoming, a different person. I am standing in that place of grace and faith. That's why I'm before you today. I know that this stuff works. Change your thinking. Change your life. Sorry. So, if we want to change some aspect of our reality, we have to think, feel, and act in new ways. We have to be different in terms of our responses to experiences. We have to become someone else. We have to create a new state of mind. We need to observe a new outcome with that new mind And that's from Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. See, while I was trying to embrace this thinking and changing my thinking and changing my life, I was still holding on to the old self, the old me, who I used to be. I thought that I was growing a little bit more apparently than I was. So after much treatment and prayer partners, one who came here today to visit, we, you know, stepped into that place of knowing. Not just for myself, but for my prayer partners, and for all who held me in that place of love. As each of us are held in that place of love and peace, and we become someone different, we become someone new, we embrace who we are, and what happens is, we'll have to let go of what no longer serves us. And it doesn't seem like those friends would stop a, our growth, but some friends do. It doesn't seem like some relationships would hinder our expansion, but some relationships do. It doesn't seem like the job that we're on, that we're so highly of, would stop our growth, but it does. Because when we leave there, when we change that, we find out that we're happier without it. I cannot imagine my life as it had been three years ago. I just cannot imagine some of the same people. I cannot imagine the same jobs. I cannot imagine the same relationships. Because being out of that, being out of that place, has just changed my life. So it's time, it's time for that change. What does change look like for you? What do you want to change in your life? What are you thinking about changing that you haven't changed yet? Are you thinking about changing that job? Are you thinking about changing a relationship? Maybe you need to, you know, let it go or reestablish something that allows you to be comfortable and happy where you are. Speak to your loved one and say, you know, this is not good for me, it's not good for you because we're not communicating anymore. What is this change saying to you? What time is it for you in your lives? And what can you do to bring about that change? I'm gonna give you some homework. I love homework. (laughs) When you leave today and every day, ask that question. How do I want to expand? What is for my highest and best? How can I express my highest and best? Pray on it meditate on it and journal. I really believe in journaling because I believe that you are channeling spirit when you journal. I have looked back at some old journals and I said, who wrote this? I really, just the other night I was, who wrote this? You know, it's amazing what God has to say when you just allow yourself to be in that place to listen, and to just let it go. And your journal is your best friend. Your journal won't tell anybody. You know, it won't talk back. It will keep your secrets. You can say whatever you want and it's safe right there. And most of all, you can channel that inner knowingness that is trying to come through to allow you to expand to allow for your growth and expansion. And so, I ask you, are you willing to be the change? Does this sound familiar? Be the change you want to see in the world. Be the change. Be willing to be the change. We kind of have no choice. Just as the leaves change, as seasons change, we get seasons changing because we're not in a place that's 85 degrees all the time by the Pacific Ocean, just saying. (laughs) But are you willing to be that change? What does it take for you to be the change? What does it take for you to step into your greatness what does it take for you to just let go of the fear and just say, you know what? I'm just going to depend on God. I'm going to have faith and spirit right here and right now. I'm going to start school. I'm going to start that diet. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get up earlier and do it. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to have those talks. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be love and expression. I am going to be who I am. I am the I am. Be the I am. Be the change. You must be the change you wish to see in the world. I want you to meet Alex, Alexandra Scott. Some of you may have heard about her. Alexandra was born in Connecticut in 1996, and before she was one years old, she was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, a type of childhood cancer. So in 2000, just after turning four years old, she informed her mother she wanted to start a lemonade stand to raise money for doctors to help kids like they helped her. Her first lemonade stand raised $2,000 and led to the creation of the Alexis Lemonade Stand Foundation. So Alex continued her lemonade stands throughout her short life, ultimately raising over a million dollars toward cancer research. She made her transition when she was eight years old. Each year, as many as 10,000 volunteers and more than 2,000 Alex's lemonade stands around the nation make a difference for children with cancer. To date, this organization, to date, has raised over $80 million for childhood cancer. Okay. They have funded more than 450 research projects and 94 institutions. Her parents say that it's a way to help them you know, to be in that place of love. They could grieve. They could have grieved silently. They could have let this foundation just go and just went on and done their grieving and been done with it. But in this way, they see the good that Alex brought about because she wanted to be that change. She did not live to see the $80 million growth, but she did make the change. She stepped into her greatness. At four years old... Four years old, she said, I want to help people the way the doctors helped me. So now what's your excuse? (laughs) Come on, fess up. What's your excuse? You know, I can't. Why? Why? Why can't we? Why can't you be all that you can be? Why can't you be the change you want to be? This organization... Religious scientists, those of us who are religious scientists, which I think is probably everyone in here. I'm just guessing. Okay. There's no reason why we can't step out there and be that change. If by no more than carrying yourself in a way that says, you know what? I am God in expression. I am a spiritual being having a human experience right here and right now. When you look at me and I look at you, I see God. Everyone, everyone is an expression of God. And we can only express, God could only express itself through us as us. And here we are. So, in conclusion, why do we resist, why do we resist change? Because of fear. You know, let it go. Let it go, it's not worth it. It really isn't. I know, every time I come up here, I have to let it go. (laughs) I'm just saying. In case you were wondering. Step into the uncertain, you know. Um, Yes. We step into that. Just know that God's got you, God's got your back. You're covered. And are you willing? Are you willing to absolutely be that change? So, Ernest, of course we have to have some last words from our founder, right? There are new thoughts, new ideas coming to me. I open my whole consciousness to the influx of that which is larger and better. I identify my mind with inward peace and joy. And so it is. And so right now, please pray with me. There's one life, one source, one spirit, one love, one divine guidance. One infinite intelligence that carries us all through the allness that we truly are as long as we hold on to it and know that we are God in expression. I know that I am one with this allness, with this essence, with this love, with this peace. Divine right action is mine right here and right now, right where I am because right where I am, God is. I know this for myself. I know this for each and every expression of the divine in this room, in this building, in this state, on this planet. God cannot express except through us, by us, as us. That expression calls for change. Change into the ever-expression expanding growth of all that is we are unlimited beings and by being unlimited we have to embrace all that is new all that comes to us all that we are called forward to do and for this I am absolutely absolutely grateful for I know that this life is God's life It's my life. It's our life. It is all life now. And for this, I just say thank you, God. Thank you, Spirit. For I know that right where I am is absolute, the absolute and so I know that my words will not return to me void. I know that this prayer is answered. I know that each and every person here, as we step into our greatness and know that we are one in the divine, we're absolutely ready and willing and able to accept change and be the change we want to see in the world. And by doing so, we create this world. We create a world that works for everyone. And I am so grateful for this. Thank you, God. Thank you, life. Thank you, spirit. I know this prayer is complete now. And so I release it and I let it be. And let us sing together. I am the place where God lives. Moves and breathes and has his- where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and Where God shows up So now we come to that time of our giving of gifts and tithes and offerings. So take your gift or tie and place it over your heart and say this affirmation with me. I joyfully celebrate the flaw of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source, and so it is.